this either could be one of the best dad jokes I've told or one of the worst. What's the best way to fix a broken iPod? With a podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's roll the titles. Brand my podcast. This is a show for podcasters to start your podcast with confidence and elevate your voice to give your listeners a brand they can connect with. Brand my podcast. G'day, welcome to episode 15 of Brand My Podcast, the show that is here to help you, give you the confidence to start podcasting and make it as easy as pressing record. I'm your host, Frank, as always, and I hope you've had a great week since we last spoke because maybe you your podcast idea has been simmering some more and you're getting another step closer to starting this podcast of yours. Look, if you are, man, do I have a great couple of episodes coming up for you in this episode and in episode 16, which is the next one. I mean, last week was a banger too, don't get me wrong, um, as I chatted with the guys from Drop Music Branding about audio branding for your podcast to creating audio titles, any kind of bits in between that really brands your podcast audibly and can also brand your social media presence, especially if you are a a personal brand, or even a business if you're looking to brand your business with some audio titles um, or even a logo kind of sting, let's say. So this week, we carry on this podcasting goodness with a new guest. His name's James Bishop. He's from One Fine Play in the UK, and I found him via LinkedIn. He put up a really great post, and we're going to get into that during our chat. Um, and before I, I get into what James and I actually chatted about, um, our chat went for a good hour and a half. I, I was quite surprised how long it kind of went. And and I'm going to be sharing a conversation of our, this conversation of ours over two episodes as it's just oh, so goddamn jam-packed full of great insights um, and tips that James had to share about podcasting. Um, There's a few things that I learned along the way, and I'm sure you will too. So who is James? Um, well, he's going to be sharing a story, his story in a sec. I'll, I'll let him do the, the better elevator pitch for him and uh, what he does. But James founded his business, One Fine Play, as an end-to-end production 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 company um, or service for podcasters. Um, he works with names like Ross Kemp and Cara Delevingne as they are on their roster of shows that they help produce. They're also helping you pitch your show for podcast sponsors, um, helping you establish a growth plan for your podcast and creating a branded experience for your show, which is exactly why I wanted to have James on the podcast to share his knowledge about this space as he comes at it at a very different angle to most people, as you'll see doing Google searches and looking at blog posts about how to start, make your podcast. James comes at it very different and from experience, which is exactly why I'm so glad to have him on this show to share this with you and educate me a bit. He schools me a bit in this episode. Don't get me wrong. And I'm no slouch to this. I took it on board and took it on the chin because it's needed. We want to make the best podcast possible. And so when he asks some deep questions in this episode and next episode, it stumps me. Um, and, and as I said, I didn't think we would get through this much. And I think you're going to walk away with a heap to think about. Um, 
either starting your show or even if you've been at it for a little bit now and are looking to grow it, it's getting things are getting a bit stagnant maybe, uh, James comes in here to really uh, lay it down with some great, great information. So here's my chat with James Bishop. James, welcome to Brand My Podcast, mates. Uh, you're here from One Fine Play, or you you represent One Fine Play. Welcome to the show. If I could get you to a bit of give us a bit of a, an elevator pitch of, of who you are and what One Fine Play is all about. Uh, thanks so much for having me on the show. Good to meet you. Um, this is the first time we've actually met on this call, so yes, uh, I love meeting random people that I connected with on uh, social platforms. So great to meet you. Uh, yeah, as you said, I'm James. I'm the founder and I guess captain. I'm not a fan of CEO because I don't think we're that big yet. Um, at One Fine Play, uh, we are we started out as a podcast production company. We're now building a tech product alongside the shows that we make our tech product is designed for people to grow their podcasts into thriving brands so it's tools and services to help you scale up your show once you've got it off the ground oh i'm looking forward to that then i'm, I'm sure it's all hush hush at the moment though <laughs> uh it's getting very close to not hush hush cool uh give it a few weeks awesome and cool. it should be alive and well, well we've we'll to... actually launched a first version Awesome. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't force that on anybody. Yeah, <laughs> that's all good. It's an alpha, not a beta. Uh, that's fair enough. Well, well, we'll bring you back on the show when, when that when that drops. So that'll be an awesome one to to talk about Thank too. Thank you. Um, now, James, I found you on LinkedIn because you put up a couple of clips that really caught my attention, and we're we're going to get into those uh, bits of advice that you gave because I was like, wow, from a from a TV background, you you hit an analogy that hit home for me because um, I used to work in television myself and I was just like, I need to get you on this podcast because what you are saying here, it makes total sense to me and I hope it does to those of you that are listening here. Um, though I, I understand that you focus more on um, helping podcasters grow their podcast, not so much the, the launching and starting a podcast. So we're going to keep the conversation more geared towards that. Um, the first kind of point here, James, I want to kind of, cover and, and lead into is just why uh business owners because i know you've worked with a lot of business owners that start a podcast and and want to grow it and and use it as a, a lead generator and all that kind of thing why why should a, a a business owner or a brand be looking at podcasting seriously it's an interesting question and i'm gonna answer it in a um in a slightly different fashion uh, I have a very direct personality by nature, so a cell is not really a thing that I'm uh, suited to. Sure. So uh, because it just comes off overbearing. So um, whilst there is an obvious pitch for that, uh, I'm going to tell you the story in a different way. So it gives you more context. Uh, yeah. To give you a little history, I this is my second business venture. My first was running cocktail bars at events which I started when I was 24 and I sold when I was 29. And that was a really great experience working on behalf of brands, activating, helping them to interface with their customers. And whilst we were making cocktails and feeding people alcohol and, you know, lots of obvious experiences from that, um, I also learned a lot about human behavior. I left that uh that business, I sold that business in 2013, which was around the same time that 
uh, I guess social was really taking off and the way people share, shared stories was adapting and the formats in which they consumed content was evolving, was evolving, i.e. there was a less of a demand for column inches in traditional newspapers and there was that shift to, oh, we want a video or what can we do on Instagram? And these were early days back 2014, 15, mm. nowhere near how they are now. And this is days of like, you know, Uber was a novelty. Like, yeah. you know, this yeah. is before... You know, this is just as the big companies that you take for granted now. There was no Uber Eats or Deliveroo. I don't know. If, do you have that? Yeah, 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 we've got, yeah we've got both. Yep, yep. Uh, back then. And what happened was, it's actually a really simple story. I wanted to learn how to uh, do the things that I never knew how to do in my old business for myself. Like I wanted to delete the background from a picture. Whatever. Yeah, yep. Right? Yep. So that I didn't have to pay a freelancer online $60 if I wanted to cut something out. Right? So I taught myself Photoshop and I did that using YouTube. Nice. And I didn't really know that at the time. And in that journey, I sort of realized I was quite creative. And I taught myself how to edit videos and that kind of thing. Um, long story short, I got myself a job working in television, which we talked about briefly earlier on I was making sports documentaries yep, yep. and I realized after a year of doing that uh, there was a day where we'd worked for nine months making a tv documentary a team mm -hmm. of like seven people and a couple of hundred thousand dollars yeah, right. and my favorite youtuber at the time uh Casey Neistat oh, had made a <laughs> had made a video on his own in 24 hours for free and it had been seen more times than the TV documentary that yeah. was going out on the main BBC channel. Such a kick in the so nuts. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this story. Um, just to give you a bit of context to my journey, because I feel sure. like I uh, summarised your first question pretty. Um, I was pretty short in my answer. <laughs> I um, yeah. So anyway, I was like, okay, your television. This isn't a good place to be either. So jump ship and. What ended up happening was I was teaching disadvantaged young people in London how to make video content using just their phone. So working Ooh. with all sorts of underprivileged people through um, or disadvantaged people through all sorts of charities and organisations. So like the UK's biggest homeless charity and the Prince's Trust and uh, organisations like that, working with young deaf people and, uh, you know, in those kinds of situations, teaching them how to use the remote control to their life to capture content and then edit that, clean it up using a free app in order to get a get a job or do whatever it was they wanted to do or you yeah, know fantastic. to share their creativity. But in spending lots of time with disadvantaged young people, what I discovered was as a privileged white male, I have access to conversations and everyday narratives that they just didn't that even though they were disadvantaged and you see all the obvious you think of all the obvious things there are so many other things that come part and parcel with that and i think an easy example for me is you know if you look at the hierarchy in a restaurant you've got people working in the kitchens often in london we have you know people from other countries and uh you know there's a certain you know way of life and culture in in the kitchens and then you've got head office and it tends to be you know, if you face facts, it tends to be quite different. Oh, yeah. And those people are all impacted by the same industry, the same changes, you know, like the decline of the high street, the potential, uh, you know, if you go back a few years, like the impact of Deliveroo or whatever. Mm. And 
those conversations happening in head office are not the same as the ones in the kitchen, but those people are all affected by the same thing. Yep. And I was like, this is unfair. And as a privileged white person, I'd just taken it for, you know, for granted. I was like, there's got to be a solution to this. And I don't want it to be fancy. I just want to be able to record, basically, the conversations that I'm having so that I can give it to these young people that I'm meeting and saying, you know, go listen to this. And that took me to podcasting. And so the reason I tell this whole story is just to say, in answer to your question, it's such a great format to create an offset to the rest of your brand, to the rest of whatever you're doing. Right. So at One Fine Play, I am making... We're building a tech product. We've got this fancy website. We've got, you know, we're going to be signing people up any time soon for early access. We've got a production company. We work with those people. I put out content online. But who's James? Who's the person? Who's the character behind, you know, the, the edited version that you see? And, you know, people talk about fake news and they talk about uh, augmented versions of reality on... Uh, on social platforms and I understand that podcasts are also edited but it's a really nice offset for people to be able to find out more about you yeah. more about your personal life more about your story if you don't do it as a sell and you don't try and sell you, you know you've got to take into account the fact that someone is choosing to listen to this and you want to make it entertaining mm, basically yeah. entertaining podcasts is is important and it's fun like why would you not do it yeah and, and- yes it involves I was just going to say that the one one thing I heard someone say about podcasting the other day, which really kind of hit home for me, was when you're on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, you're doing the whole swipe thing, and it's like mm-hmm. an hour goes past, two hours go past, and you're like, how the hell did I get to this reel of a dog, you know, kicking a, a human into a lake? Like, where where did I go to get to here? <laughs> Whereas you never find yourself doing that with a podcast. It's very intentional. No. Um, and I don't, and I think. I think that's true. And I think that the the really interesting, the reason I tell that whole backstory about the, you know, the young people and wanting to capture the conversations is that, you know, if I was, uh, uh, you know, a th- I was a CEO of a business or anyone, to be honest, and I wanted to build my influence or for whatever reason, capturing your everyday conversations when they're the most natural yeah. is... Other people enjoy what you say. How many times have you ever gone? If only my client could just hear what we say, and they would actually believe us. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> cool. It. I've got a way you can solve that. Like, stop yeah. trying to engineer stuff. Just capture it and share it. Yeah. Like, I'm recording this as we discussed this before, but I've got another camera running mm. because I know full well that I'm going to cap. I'm going to say something in this conversation that's just natural, and uh, I don't. Um, you know, just because I'm just talking, yeah. that will be way better. And I can take that segment and I can then post that on social media because it will come out the best. It'll be natural. It'll be, you know, how you know those times you go, oh, yeah, yeah. that was a great analogy. Or I said that brilliantly then. And you've got no record of it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm capturing this because I know that's, I know that's valuable. And I think that, you know, podcasting is a lot more complicated than, or can be a lot more complicated than, just recording conversations and I'm an advocate for that but I if you the answer to your question is basically it builds and it allows you to create the offset and allows you to humanize yourself like mm. humanize your brand you every brand needs a voice yes. you buy from people yep. like uh, there's been an, an there's been a thing going around on 
LinkedIn the last few days. I don't know if you've seen it. A guy called Graham in who lives in Singapore, actually. Um, I should connect you to him because you guys are neighbours, basically. Uh, <laughs> sure. He was saying, isn't it interesting that there are 14... I could, Don't quote me on these numbers, but there's 13 million people follow Microsoft on LinkedIn. And their last post, it had been up for 17 hours. It had four likes. Right. 17, 13 million it had been liked by four people. Yep. Whereas the CEO of Microsoft had posted something and it had 27,000 likes. Exactly, yeah. Right? The yeah. podcast is just... And way of making that sentiment come to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big advocate that for, for that, of that, from a branding perspective, is is to put a face to the brand. Put a if it's not the CEO, there's someone in that business that can be the face. You know, the mm-hmm. Colonel Sanders, the Steve Jobs, whoever it is that can stand for and represent everybody else. Uh, and share that voice. I mean, it could be a podcast. In my mind, if a business ever approached me and said, like, what do we talk about? It's like, get you, your team in front of a mic, have a chat about business, about your clients, what your aspirations are, what you're looking to do here and share that vision, that mission, that purpose, that whatever it is that you're trying to do with others that want to engage with you. Well, I will interject there. Please. And... Correct let me. you half. Ha- I'm gonna let you half have that because <laughs> I, I um, I agree with you in essence and in the in the macro that's true. Uh, my opinion is that podcasting is great. It's really attractive, you know, but it's also deemed to have a you know people like it because, for example, they're probably or it's assumed there aren't cameras in your face. Mm. Um, but at the same time. You know, it's got this deemed low barrier to entry. Let's just talk about stuff. But if you want to make an interesting show that is more complex than just talk about what you're doing, your team, your this, that, the other, what you're interested in, because yeah. what you'll end up with is a self-serving uh, load of trash that no one actually is interested in and doesn't put the listener before your agenda, which is what you need to do. Yeah. So, yes, I agree with you, but... I guess I've very simplified, I simply simplified it way sim- too much. <laughs> I think you've simplified it a little. Yeah. I don't want to mislead. I don't want to be, um, yeah. yeah no, I don't I, want to be associated to that guy. No. That's all. <laughs> Cause no. I don't believe, I don't believe yeah. in, uh, you know, podcasters, what you're saying is true, but podcasters become a slang term sure. for interviewing people probably badly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, I've yeah, had I've isn't... had some weird experiences with those that have <laughs> that have, have interviewed me, like had me on their podcast. <laughs> one, one person went to the toilet halfway through. I was like, um, "Different. What are we doing here?" <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I'm not one to skimp on going whole hog on on production value, but in any kind of form of content, I guess I, I definitely simplified that. It wouldn't be to say, "Yeah, just put the microphone in front of people's faces and just record and then put that up." Don't edit it, don't put music to it, don't put titles, don't no, I, structure it, whatever. Um, I just don't... I, yeah, your essence is correct, just I don't want to mislead people that it's of course, okay to no, just like, chat thank you for the your, correction. Just chat about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, on the other flip side of, of still, you know, with, with business owners though, what's your take on... I heard Gary V talk about this uh, a while back of if, if you're looking for cold leads, have you know, those who you want to interact with as a business, if you're a service-based business, have those people that you want to help, invite them in that podcast and see where that conversation leads to potentially, you know, 
use it as a, a barrier to entry of that first dialogue of conversation. Is that something you believe in or you have some objections to that? So I think that, um, I think it's important to point out early doors that you should really, I say should, I don't like the word should, but it's best to consider a podcast as a brand build and not a sell. Sure. So I don't really look at the correlation between the two that closely. And I also am not a an expert in beat in brand driven podcasts or business driven podcasts. I see podcasts as businesses, but our speciality is in not is not in making podcasts for brands. Gotcha. I have beef in general with the concept of B2B podcasting. Okay. Because what the fuck? I, mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but I'm going to no, swear because that's me. No, you can, please, you, please, you, please, please. You can take it out. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Because like, and I know lots of people across LinkedIn, right? I don't know. I see and, mm-hmm. and consume and banter with lots of people across LinkedIn about this B2B podcasting. Like, what is that? Because all podcasting is B2C. Like everyone is a consumer of a podcast. I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. It's mm. just nonsense. Yeah. It's just people creating a, a then you're just trying to create a sector of the market that exists to you, for you. Like fundamentally, the consumer of podcasts are just people. These people also have LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, Instagram, you know, like, it's yeah. the same as same as that conversation in marketing five years ago. Yeah, my people aren't on LinkedIn, aren't on Instagram. They fucking are. Like a hundred percent, they are. Yeah. I don't know what world you're living in, but yeah. they're on Instagram. Yep. Have you got Instagram? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but none of the other people in your industry. You're just a rule breaker, are you? Oh well, they've got it for their personal life. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. have an Instagram for personal, and it's exactly the same in podcasting, right? Here's the challenge. When we were at uni, there was this thing. When I went to university. We used to talk about a thing called monkey spheres, which is the idea that you probably only at one time ever have a circle of friends around you of about 10 people. And when you meet a new person, and it's easiest to understand at uni because you, you know, lots of uh, relationships are fleeting. Yep. um, You might bring someone into your circle of friends, but you'll probably find that someone else drifts away. Mm hmm. And the same rule, right? And you only really ever have a sphere of about 10 people around you. I'm not sure why they were called monkeys. They just, I'm sure there was a reason then. But they, it they simplifies just, it again. The, <laughs> the, same, the same rule basically applies with podcasts, right? At any one time, although you might be subscribed to a whole bunch of shows, when you get down to it, and you'll know this from talking to people, and I definitely know this because people love to tell me, they only listen to a few shows. Yeah. Right? They only listen to a handful, like five, six, seven, eight shows. And the shows that they do listen to are because they're looking for a form of entertainment at that time, right? They're not thinking, oh, I'm gonna I never get my phone out to listen to a podcast when I'm going for a walk to get my morning coffee and think, oh, I'm a business now. I want to listen to something business like, <laughs> right? I'm just a consumer. I just want to listen to I yeah. might want to learn something, yeah. but I'm not. What is this B2B shit? There's no B in there. It's yeah. My C. business needs this, yeah. Yeah. Like, right? My business doesn't need this. I want to learn something to become enriched as, a, as an individual. Mm. It's all B2C. And that's people's downfall in the B2B environment is they make it boring. Why does it all have to be so serious and boring? Yeah. 
Hmm. Why does it like? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? We're just people. Just yeah. make it fun. And this is probably it. like if if you're akin it to what you would listen to on, on on radio, like for morning and an afternoon drive, you know, kind of radio. It's it's 100% entertainment. Like it's structured. Yes, there's there's segments and all the rest of it. Um, and there's ads thrown in, obviously, too. So it's the same way you could do a podcast, but it's there as a as a, a value add from an entertainment perspective. Sure, there could be well, some like, you know ones that have learning bits here and there, and have a guest on that does offer something. But yeah, I, I agree with that. But like we have, um, you know, our two major channel TV channels here in the UK, ITV, which is our commercial channel, and BBC, which is our public funded channel. They a few years ago, I can't remember when it was, but they changed up BBC Breakfast, right? So now the breakfast presenters dress more casually. They sit on a sofa. Mm-hmm. Up until a few weeks ago, as I'm sure you know, we had Piers Morgan on yeah. ITV and they on Good Morning Britain until... That's a whole other story we won't get into. Fit, yep. But you you know what happened, <laughs> yep. right? It was it was informal. There yeah. was enter, It was entertainment, you know? And on both those channels, you see light-hearted segments. You see them being real. They make mistakes. They ad-lib around the scripted stuff. Yeah. But apparently, there's still a segment of podcasting that, you know, uh, everything has to be dead serious and formal and production. This is another one that gets me. Production value has to be super high so it sounds crisp and perfect. And I'll come back to that in a second and why I find that funny. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, just relax because it's just they're just people on the other end. They're consuming it in their own time because podcast. there are very few things in life uh, that you do on your own. Don't give me that smutty look. I know what you're thinking. But there are only a few <laughs> things that you do on your own, right? And podcasting is one of them. It is not a group activity. Sure. Right. Unless and you have, unless you have so, guests, sort of in, you get your audience involved as a guest, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, see. But you, you don't listen. Know, you don't consume podcasts as a team activity. It's weird. No. Right. No. On the whole, yeah, it's on, on your whole. own. So, yeah, you. It, it, and people aren't listening to lots and lots of shows. I'm not adding new. Uh, there are more podcasts getting released, but I'm not adding new shows I listen to. Yeah. So. You've got to make me want to listen, and I probably want to be entertained in some way. In- mm-hmm. Educated, inspired, and entertained. Ideally yeah. educated or inspired in an entertaining format. Not everything has to be dead serious. Exactly. And let me just tell you about the production value thing. Oh, yeah. I understand. I've always been one for not spending a lot on kit. Like, the one of the things that made me sick in television was cameramen wanting a £1,000 a day to press yeah. a red button. Very well, very professionally press a red button, but... That never seemed like a good deal to me. Sure. Um, and I think that, you know, we have the most expensive microphones you can buy in the business or whatever. But most of our podcasts are recorded on an, you, our guests record using an iPhone because yeah. the iPhone microphone is so great. Yeah. And, you know, Louis Theroux, who's one of the national treasures of broadcast journalism in the UK, yeah. his guests, you know, big BBC show trending in the podcast app all the time. Guess all recording on an iPhone. Yeah. Here's an interesting story for you. Do you know the creator, Mr. Beast? Yes. Yeah, he's yep. very so low 50, rent. F- 55 million subscribers, something like yeah. that at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So I was listening to him on the Colin and Samir podcast. Okay. So, you know, I was telling you that between, I, between my first business and my second business, I taught myself stuff on YouTube. I also became a 
YouTuber. Of YouTube geek. Ooh. Not a YouTuber, but oh, just okay. like my knowledge of YouTube is much better than my knowledge of podcasting okay. when it comes to like creators. Okay. I Because I, I enjoy it more. Yep, anyway, yep. he was on that show the other day and he said that on average right now, they get 30 million, they expect at least 30 million views a video. They're spending $400,000 minimum per video. That's a lot of money considering it's free to yeah, watch. Yeah. And they intentionally use bad cameras. Like they're spending $400,000 making a video. And he's like, we don't use the best kit. We use old kit because that makes it more real. That makes sure. it feel more real. It's more honest. It's more truthful. Yep. So we intentionally don't make it polished and have high production value because that's what gives us our authenticity. Yeah. And yet I have these conversations with podcasters all the time and all they want to do is be understood, build audience, build relationships. And at the same time, they want to, in like uh, inherently, they want to spend more on production value and they worry about the microphone and they worry about all that stuff. And in my opinion, that's missing the point. Yeah. Yes, do it if you can, but you know, yeah. they worry about the microphone and they don't understand that you can just strip background noise out and that makes all the difference. That's all they really wanted to do. Mm. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah, there you go. That's my two P on that. Nice one. Thanks so much for. Well, I mean, I, I agree. More like it. Yeah, <laughs> five pounds. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I agree with that last point there of of the the kit part. I mean, I made some content initially at the start of this uh this podcast endeavor to kind of say that yes you can pick up your iphone and and just record there is an app called anchor you can record directly into that and have your podcast up in you know as soon as you're done um so that lower barrier to entry is is, is great and it doesn't need to you don't like the kit that i have is ridiculous i don't think i'd, I'd buy it unless i if i wasn't a really tech kind of just enthusiast of all the things I wouldn't even bother with this stuff. I'd stick with the blue Yeti I had. I know you told me it was a god awful microphone, um, but I probably would have stuck with that and and been fine with it and focused more on the content that I was delivering. And that was the point of that episode was focus more on the content because people will come back more for the content rather than the quality of you know the audio that you have going on. Um, but I think we should. I think we should say though, uh, for. It's also a reflection of personality, I guess. So, like, yeah. to a certain extent. So, like, if anyone who can see the video can see you are neatly framed in the middle with your microphone just about available, you've got a nice yeah. shallow depth of field, you're shooting on a, uh, you know, an expensive camera. I yeah. am sitting in my office, which I tidied up before we started recording in front of you <laughs> because there was like stuff all over the floor. I have got a microphone over here somewhere, which I can't get into shot. I just don't maybe add. Yeah, that's you, know, a, you put different value on different yeah. things. It's about your ability to. It's all about your ability to tell a story. Exactly. Period. Yeah. It, like technology shouldn't get in the way, and for me, it, it it never really does. It always helps me in some way. Just I think from a confidence point of view, potentially. And if mm -hmm. if that's what it takes for you to get in front of a microphone and, and do what you do, great. If it doesn't, it's not necessary. Fuck it. Well, you know? for most people, it's the perfect excuse not to start. Yes. 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 Would hundred percent agree with that. Um, let's, let's dive into another kind of topic here, meander away into it in terms of, uh, turning your podcast into that kind of side brand, mini brand business. 
Um, what's your view on on monetizing that, making money from that? I mean, the intention obviously is to give free value first. That's, that's how I kind of see podcasting. But if you can, in some way, shape or form, what are you kind of advocating here if it's uh, memberships, sponsored uh, episodes, affiliate marketing, placed ads? Where do you think is the, the kind of right direction to go if you're, if you're a business already and you're using a podcast as a, a supplement to building that brand? or as an individual or individuals, if you're co-hosts, of taking it to a next level, kind of where I'm guessing it's going to be contextual to what type of podcast you have, but where kind of do you see the best kind of ways of going about this? So I think let's break this down into two sections. Yeah. Let's first talk about, you know, growth, and then let's talk about monetization because they're two slightly separate topics, right? Yeah. if you don't mind, if yeah, that's no, okay. Not dive that. right in. I'll, I'll ask the I questions think as I go. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the producer in me getting out. I'm not used to being on this side of the uh, that's this right. side of the, mic- it helps. the equation. It helps. Um, <laughs> so on the growth front, like let's assume you've got an idea, you've started a podcast, like, um, and you're off the ground. Because, you know, we've talked earlier on in the show about, you know, a good idea. And we didn't really cover what makes up a good idea. That's for another episode. Sure. I have to come back on and talk yes. a little bit yes. more about Let's that. But, <laughs> you know, I think there's a really important first off message, which is if you're currently in the situation where you've started a podcast, you've made a few episodes and you've spent no money. And you've got you're getting some listens and you're probably getting Let's be straight here because people always want to know these answers. If you're getting 100 listens an episode, you've started a show, you're making it on your own, you've outsourced it to a producer for $50 an episode, and you've posted, you know, 10 to 15 episodes in that region, and you're getting 100 listens an episode, you are doing really well. Yeah. And I'm assuming that your marketing plan here uh, is posting on social media because that's what most people's is. Mm Mm-hmm like big pat on the back and this is i'm not great at being genuine so you'll have to validate this on behalf no of it is it is it definitely is I'm being i mean dead serious yeah, yeah of course I, I i come from the the exact same school of thought my podcast uh, are doing sub 100 i'm going to be totally real with that because i'm i'm not looking for big numbers i don't want crazy big numbers like i am happy with who i have listening i appreciate anyone that wants to turn up and listen to a 20 minute 40 minute an hour long episode um, because but, hell, it, it takes a lot of effort to sit there and be committed to that. But let's not get into the listenership thing for a minute, because that's yeah, yeah. a whole other topic again. Sure, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And and you know, I don't want to go down another rabbit hole over there. But of you course. know, yep. straight up, you're doing well. But yep. there's a book uh, by a guy called um, I should know this. Uh, his name is Jeffrey Moore, mm-hmm. and he wrote a book called Crossing the Chasm. And I don't know how much you edit this video, but if so, you can put a nice little visual of the chasm. But basically, what it says is that you... uh, This journey applies with most things in life, very obviously with businesses, but definitely also with podcasts. Your idea starts down here, right? Whatever it is. And you get up and running and you come up this curve and then it plateaus. Right? And then there's a chasm, like a big drop-off. And on the other side of this chasm is everything that you want. In business, whether that's like money or in a podcast, it's more listeners, it's whatever, right? This chasm is a big problem. In podcasting, lots of people hit that plateau. That's when I tend to hear from them or we tend to hear from them. And it's kind of what you're talking about. It's like, okay, I'm getting my 100 listens an episode. I've made 15 episodes. Am I First off, am I doing it right? 
yeah, you're probably if you you're probably doing it right. In fact, like props to you because you've done it. You've started. You're in the minority because you're actually doing something. Secondly, if you've spent no money and you've only made 15 episodes, like you haven't even started. Joe Rogan is on episode 1700. Yeah, like it's crazy numbers. You, yeah. What else do you do or in life have, are you getting success from that you spent no money on and you didn't practice? Like nothing. Of it course. Does, like yeah. you weren't good at driving after the 10 times of driving, were you? No. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I obviously was awesome, but you know, no, I'm joking. Lewis but, Hamilton right over like, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got to keep on keeping on. That's yep. definitely a message. But I totally understand your need and desire to want to cross this chasm because what you're otherwise fa facing is what they call pod fade, isn't it? Or pod death, which mm. is, you know, 93% of podcasts fail after seven episodes uh, due to the steep learning curve, the lack of results and uh, the need for constant learning. So yeah. I hear that. The, the thing, my recommendation... And most people come to me going, I need I need production help and I need to I need to get more listeners and I need money to do those things. I need monetizing. Okay, like my idea suggestion is start with a business plan. Because you probably haven't made a business plan. You've just made this all about you. You've thought mm. about what you want to talk about. You've probably interviewed people, which is an a punt, a list of people that your ego is proudest of being able to get hold of, get yeah. on yeah. your podcast so yeah. that you can share with the world that you have access to those people. Mm -hmm. And in truth, as someone who is a podcast producer and does this every day, and I know someone who can piss further and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, longer than you can when it comes to that list. A bit. So it's a constant, right? That isn't interesting. Why? The listener doesn't care. So I, my suggestion is you start with a business plan, like as if you were pitching this for investment. So first off, what's the problem that you're solving? Like, what? what is it? What's your podcast about? What, why am I going to listen? What's the problem? What is your solution that you're suggesting? So, like, how does your show solve that problem? Who's this show for? Like, who's going to listen to it? Your target audience. And inside your target audience, you might want to write listener personas. Because we live in a world of specialism and niching, yes. not of generalists. A podcast for everybody is a podcast for nobody. Same as a business. Exactly. Right. Same as a business. Yeah. These, these are all the same, same. Yep. Exactly the same. Uh, then you might want to define your market size. Are there only 150 people in your target audience? In which case, if you get 50 listens an episode, you've got 30%, so you're absolutely smashing it. Yeah. Right? Then why are you the right person for this gig? Like, why you? Why not anyone else? So one of the first things when we look at podcasts is go, well, if I could replace you, then you're in trouble. Yeah, sure. Right. So if I were to if I were to totally destroy your podcast now, there's no like which I'm just going to do for a bit of fun. I, but I mean it the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why Go can't we switch places? Why so not? why are you like yeah. what? What are you doing in your show? How are you anchoring the show around you? Because your show constant is you, not me. I won't be here next week, but you will be. So how are you anchoring it around you? That's important because that's going to make people come back. Then you want to ask it. So why? Why are you? Why are you unique? Why? Uh, what traction do you already have? What relevance are you bringing to the show? How are you making money? Like, how is this sustainable? What's your profit and loss look like? You need money in for money to come out. How are you going to make money? Okay, well, you've got a number of options, haven't you? And this one now, very... So that's my suggestion, right? And now I'm going to move into the monetization section. Yeah, but yeah. if you build a business plan like that, that will answer your questions that are in a much more constructive way than just how do I get more listeners? Can I post in 
Facebook groups or, you know, run, should I be running social ads? Because the answer to all those things is yeah. uh, A, no, no. And there's no a, problem no, with doing that halfway through, uh, you know, if you're 15, 50, 100 episodes deep and you're wondering what's next, like what do I do here? If you hit that chasm, there's no problem with doing that business plan idea. And I suppose, no, definitely not. I would do it all the time and it would be, for me, it would be constantly evolving. And in our, yeah. you know, quick quick plug, in our new product, the one, our One Fine Play tech product, it allows you to basically flesh out this growth plan. Yeah, amazing. So it asks you all these questions and then you constantly evolve it and think about it and update it. And, you know, like one of the really important questions when you come onto sponsors is who's my audience? People go, I don't know. Well, it's our people between... 30 and 45 that are not cool why don't you just create a survey which you'll be able to do in the one fine play product but you could do it on survey monkey i don't really care what you do it do a yeah. google doc yep, yep. and then at the beginning of every episode go guys just before we kick off this episode i it would mean the world to me if you could go to this link and it's going to take you three minutes you need to fill out this form it's going to make a massive difference to me just as a thank you if you want to do something to really help me out for all the content that i make you this is that thing but to incentivize you, one of you that fills it in is going to, I'm going to send you a, a bunch of flowers, whatever. doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. 100 quid. Yep. Right. You'll get some audience data. You'll get their email address. So now you can email the fuckers every time you want to tell them about a new episode. Yeah. You'll know stuff about them depending on what questions you answered. You take that data. You put that into the audience section of your business plan, which will also be the one question that your sponsors ask you. Who listens to this show? Because that's all they're yep. really interested in. Yep. Easy. Easy solve. Nobody does it, period. Yeah, yeah. I know that because I've never heard it in a podcast. So yeah. easy. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. I came up with the idea because Magellan in America, when they come up with their audience data on podcasting, when their big report comes out, yep. that's what they do. So like, why yeah. are people not doing this yeah. individually? Great right. idea. Anyway, so then the other topic that we haven't talked about in your business plan is product. I think product is really important to talk about, like how are you making a better show? Uh, so your your show again, is the product, yeah. Your show is the your show yeah. is probably the product, right? Yeah. But yeah. you know, when you think about marketing, like how are you marketing? You know, are you making a marketing plan? Uh, another question that I would always ask myself is like, how can you've got to put the audience needs before your own agenda? So how can I be a fan of the show? Like I had a conversation with someone yesterday, and she's like, "I get five thousand listens. I don't know who any of these people are, and um, yeah. you know, they don't email me." Well, of course they don't email you. Like, why? They listen to your podcast. Like, thanks, move on. Do you email every creator that you of content you consume? Like, you don't yeah. go on their pa- you're not going on their Patreon and giving them a fiver as a thank you, are you? But you know, you're not incentivizing any of these people. What are you doing for creators? If I really like your show, why can't I buy that? Where can I buy the T-shirt which you could have drop shipped at no risk to you? Where's the live event? Where's the exclusive access? Where's the live podcast recording where's the mm. patreon so i can be a fan where's the email address in your show so i can write you an email in your inbox telling you how much i love your show and giving you a suggestion for someone i want to come on the show how can i be a fan i can't and because i can't be a fan it becomes really hard to grow your show yeah right yeah, yeah. moving on to the monetization side all these things yeah makes oh, sense yeah yeah, it, uh, yeah. There's such great points i mean if this is my advocacy for, for podcasters to start is to really look at everything you've just mentioned there from the get-go. But if you haven't, that's okay. Like you can always 
reassess and evolve what it is you have. I had a guest on uh, last week and and she said she went kind of whole hog on, on making a podcast that was about something in particular, but then kind of eased back and was like, is this really what my audience wants? And started asking some people and did exactly that, pivoted it into a place that was much more beneficial to you know, her as for a brand building exercise um, and then also for her listeners. And I was like, bravo, like well done for taking great. That, that, that kind of um, sidestep. You know, what you've tapped into there is uh, is a really interesting part of podcasting that isn't really spoken about that much uh, in the greater industry, but I'll touch on it for a couple of minutes as you've as you've brought it up. Yeah. Um, you know, when we work on a show, so we, we run a production company, as I said, and we make shows for uh, primarily UK-based podcasters, and it's a mix of... Our hosts are a mix of people. We work primarily in the wellness and social purpose space, as you can imagine from the background I came from. I was working to disadvantage people. I wanted to tell stories that mattered rather than just help people to make noise. So yeah. I wouldn't make a... Sh- like, I've turned down endless projects because we don't want to make a podcast for a management consulting firm doing... Like, because no one in my... We don't care. But like our shows are, we're just <laughs> yeah. not interested. We also yeah, don't make, sure. I love sport, but we don't make sports doc, We don't make sports podcasts. Um, we make shows about like, you know, breath work and climate change and eco-anxiety and fear and that kind. And we make a show on neurodiversity, that kind of thing. That's our space. Okay. And one of the things that we do with all the hosts when we start is say, look, there are fundamentally... And I actually stole this from the CEO of Captivate. So props to Mark for this. I've stolen it. But it, it's That's so it. true. Yep. Uh, your podcast, you have three stakeholders in your podcast. Number one is you. Number two is the listener. Number three is any sponsors or partners. Not a stakeholder is guests. So if your podcast is built on what guests can I get, you've got a fundamental problem. Because they're not a constant. they they're not a stakeholder in your show. They're not going to be there ongoing. Yep. And then the first of those is you. So like the questions then, you know, we joke with our clients because our first part of our discovery phase is, you know, we spend probably a month working with them, coming up with an idea. And the first few sessions, the first three hours of working with them is a bit like therapy. It's like, tell me your story. Then we're going to deconstruct you and put you back together. So we understand what's going on inside. We understand the why, because people want to hear, they're going to be entertained in, in you know, the loses as the term by a really compelling why not a what or a who so yep. you know it is that it is that look to yourself like you were saying about that lady uh, a minute ago it's that it's that reflection piece and the understanding you know what we do is after we've we go through that process we we get them to define who they are as a character and what character they play in the show yep. just like you would find in a netflix show like you know, and I can do. You can do the same about in a, in a podcast, yep. but like in a Netflix show, you find out about the character, and it's the characters yeah, that you yeah. buy into, right? Yeah, so it's when that you watch story it, arc, yeah, it's the story, mate. It's the story arc. It's yeah. just storytelling. Yep. You know, you I you'll say to you if you've watched Bridgerton or you've watched I don't know what you get down there, but like you watch Breaking Bad, yeah, who's yeah. your favorite character? Who is it that makes you? Who do you want to see how it plays out? Right. So in your podcast. You know, a very simple thing to think about when you're making a show. Currently, what most people, I say most people, right? Podcasting is 99% hobbyists, 1% 
making of the 1% of the community takes 99% of the revenue. Mm -hmm. That 1% are getting commissioned. They're probably famous. They've got big communities, right? 99% are hobbyists. And within that 99%, there's a big scale, but, you know, 125 listens an episode is the median number of listens of all podcasts ever. So that means if your episode got more than 125 listens, you're in the top 50%. Yeah, and amazing. you know most the reason that people struggle to get traction is because they're basically having one night stands with their listeners right yeah. they're going here's my guest this week have a listen but there's no reason for me to listen to next week's episode like i don't know what you do in your intros and outros because in truth i've not listened to your show but don't say that personally no, comes of the course not. <laughs> but like people right you i bet you don't go uh, if you haven't listened to last week's episode I had on so-and-so, coming up next week, I'm talking to Dave about this, that, and the other. We get into blah, 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 blah. Right? Mm. Like, you don't, I don't bet in your intro, you aren't going to spend five minutes telling a story about something that happened to you this week. Leave a big cliffhanger so I want to come back next week and find out. And if you want to hear the absolute goddess of this skill, it's listen, listen to the Cool Her Daddy podcast. Okay. So... If you've ever listened to, don't listen to Call Her Daddy in front of your parents or your children. Um, <laughs> what about your wife? With a, uh, or your, well, I, I don't know what your relationship's like, but she's going to start with a sex toy ad straight oh, off the bat. Okay. Right? And it, she tell, she's got, it's a podcast from Barstool Sports. It's an amazing show. Uh, she, it's quite um, explicit, shall we say. Sure. But she storytells like no one else you'll ever meet. So the first eight minutes of every episode in a roundabout way, tells you about her personal dating life. Okay. So you end up being drawn into this ongoing narrative of like, right. she has character, right? She has recurring characters, right? Uh -huh. yep, yep, so yep. she has like sexy Zoom guy who's a guy she met <laughs> on a work Zoom call. Who she then, yep. And you want to find out what happens and it makes you go to the next episode. She still That's has an amazing. interview, but she's working on that ongoing narrative. So the first thing we do with people is say, look, who are you? What's your origin story and bullet points? What are the key phrases that you use? Right. Like what's your character look like? I for, you know, what things do you love? What things do you hate? Yep. What are the key points that you talk on? So I use similar phrases all the time. And, you know, like if you were to listen to me across lots of bits of content, I will use the term you're having one night stands with your listeners. That's one of my phrases. Right. Because you then as a listener feel a familiarity with me and it's that familiarity that makes you feel like you're my friend so you come back for more yeah. and if you understand who your character is you as a character is as you're the first stakeholder at the beginning you're instantly making your life easier and then you're getting yourself away from this you know how many i need more listeners is the podcasting equivalent i've literally i literally had this thought when you were talking 15 minutes ago but i'm going to use it from now on <laughs> yeah go for it so thank you uh it's the how how do i get more listeners is the podcasting equivalent of standing on the scales and trying to lose weight like it doesn't mean anything right you know when you i went running and i stood on the scales and i got heavier mm. that's the like you're looking at the wrong thing like you need to that's why this business plan concept is a good idea work on the answers to these bigger picture questions and suddenly you'll be doing all these things in order to and it will naturally solve the problem yeah so like Build a brand out of your podcast. So when let, let's quickly talk about monetization. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Third right, time so lucky. everyone thinks, okay, I'm going to yeah. get a sponsor. Yep. Yeah, yep. okay, we're going to get a sponsor for the show. Cool. Right. Well, you'll get 100 listens an episode, and um, you don't know who your audience is. You don't know. You, you think you're going to bullshit me about your audience, but I'm a brand and you want my money, so I'm not going to buy into that. And you don't get enough money like here's your monetization route first off can i get a cpm model through 
a cost per thousand through an uh, ad exchange, right? Well, no, because that's yeah. ridiculous. Yep, exactly. Right? So you're not getting money from those guys. Um, oh, my camera battery is about to die. Um, you're not going to get. Uh, you're not going to get money from them. That's not going to work. So you're going to have to go to a brand, but you only get 100 listens an episode, and your podcast a bit of a generalism. Your audience, you don't really know who they are. This is a bit of an awkward pitch, right? Yeah. Like why? Oh yeah. You know they want to buy at scale. So I've got a couple of solutions for you here. And also, then you've got the problem of how do I write a deck, sponsorship deck anyway? I don't know what to write. I don't know, like, you know, I don't know what all these numbers mean. Yeah, it's so, a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. Everyone's been in that. Every, you know, I don't like writing decks. I don't like writing. I don't know how to use Google. I don't know how to use PowerPoint. My mate said they do it, but they're busy. They're going to do it. I've got a graphic designer friend. Like, we've, we've heard it all. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you've got an option. If you can understand who you are, and you can work out your why, so you go back to this business plan, and you've got a clear reason, then the chances are someone else is after that is talking to that same audience as you. And if you have something purposeful to say, then the chances are there's someone who will support you on an alignment basis. Right? So if I take a podcast we work on called Force of Nature, a girl called Clover, she's a 21-year-old 21 21 climate activist. We made a season of 10 episodes for her. Uh... And um, she just interviewed people, pretty standard podcast, same mistakes everyone makes. Sounded like we produced it, so it sounded all right, but, you know, nothing special. And she got, as you would expect, 250 lessons an episode. Cool. She said, she wrote a three-page deck for season two. She, I, she said, can we make season two? I said, yeah, sure, but you need to pay me more than £175 an episode because I've got business to run here and I like you, but I like me more. <laughs> and yeah. I want to be successful and I don't want to spend my days trying to make you rich because that doesn't make me of course uh, that doesn't really work for me of right? Course, of course. so she said cool what do I need to do so she went away and she wrote a three page deck page one was like I made here's a podcast I made I didn't have any numbers or anything here's a podcast season one I put out ten episodes this is what I did here's some feedback she put two reviews in then she said here's what I learned paragraph then she went I weren't I want to focus on Eco-anxiety. So within what I learned, I realised that, this, you know, in talking to these 10 people, there was this uh, opportunity to talk more about this one specific thing. It's called eco-anxiety. This is what it is. So here's my creative idea for season two. So write that. And then she wrote, to get involved and partner with me, it's £3,000 an episode to sponsor or £25,000 for the season. So in your... Aussie world, that's $5,000 an episode. Yeah. She didn't write any numbers on it, nothing like that. There was no sample, whatever. She went out to a bunch of brands. She put it on LinkedIn, whatever. She's raised $65,000 £65, for wow. season two. Good on her. And no one has ever once asked how many listens she gets. But she's talking about something that these brands care about. And when I say brands, I'm talking about P&G, Unilever, Ikea, uh, big global energy companies, those kinds of brands. Okay. National Geographic. Like, she's not messing, like, I say messing yeah, around, like, no, big brands, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And she's talking about a topic and passionate about something that they want to align with. Mm. So they're like, yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. we'll support you. So that's one, that's one route that you can look at, is the alignment route. Find people who are aligned or want to support the conversation you're having. So another example, we made the podcast about dyslexia, the invisible gift. 
guy, Andrew, is dyslexic, runs an engineering firm. Here's how this story went. He came to me and he said, I run an engineering firm. I think I want to talk to other people about, I want to talk to interesting business people. This is quite a long time ago now. I was like, cool, okay. not on my watch. You're not doing that. You Cool, go for it, but not on my watch. Sure. I'm not interested. Okay. Cool, see ya. Anyway, he said, what would you do? I said, I knew he was dyslexic by this point. I said, I'd make a podcast about dyslexia because it's the offset to what you're trying to achieve in the long run, right? Yeah. You're dyslexic. You have an interesting story. You have a first-person account. It's unique. I can't replace you because I can't have a conversation with other dyslexics as dyslexic, right? Or, or neurodiversity because we've actually expanded the concept. And he went off and chatted to... So he made a first season about dyslexia and he chats to... First 10 episodes, he just talks to dyslexic people. Get It got 3,000 listens, standard. Season two, we're expanding it, but he went to Microsoft Knocked on loads and loads and loads and loads of doors. He worked, He went and found uh, the dyslexia trade shows, and then he found every single person that had normally exhibited at a trade show. And he said, I know that you're not exhibiting at any trade shows because they're not happening, which means you must have budget. And I'm asking you for X, Y, Z. And people were interested. Like, they came back and said, yeah, we want to get involved in this. Mm. And so he got some episode sponsors, but Microsoft said, yeah, we. this is really interesting to us, actually. Part of our CSR... We're absolutely, what's £25,000 to Microsoft? Like, it's a rounding error. So we'll absolutely support you. Sure. Uh, no question, because we believe in this. Like, this is an important conversation. We Even if we put out one press release that we were involved in this conversation, yeah, yeah. we're up for it. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that, that's a that's a big thing with, with branding is if you did have that purpose of what that higher kind of mission is that you're trying to achieve and as you said with with that with that man with dyslexia is that being the side piece to what his end goal kind of was that's exactly what a brand that he would approach is looking to do themselves and it, it makes total sense that if you can align the same with the same people that are looking to achieve the same goal what, what what's the harm in not uh, like what's the harm in asking like I should say, just for total transparency, that the Microsoft deal isn't over the line. So okay. uh, for anyone at Microsoft or whatever, I know it's not. It's just an example of a conversation where I'm they were sure engaging they're and all really listening, passionate. Yeah. I'm sure they're all listening. Um, yeah. I'm sure they're all listening. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I want to just pick up on, on two points. And I don't know how we're doing for time, but I just want to pick right. up on two points. Yep. One is uh, quick plug. One Fine Play's primary product in its new tech product that's you'll be able to sign up for very soon, is a sponsorship a sponsorship deck builder. So you enter your RSS feed, it automates a whole, it auto-populates a whole load of fields and it spits out what we have learned over the last however long it is of making sponsorship decks, a deck, a pitch for you, which you can then share and track interactions and stuff with people. So we've simplified yeah. that into a process which takes you, in theory, minutes to create, I sound like Lewis Hales by just saying, "Wow, wow!" Like, well, it that, seemed like an obvious. It was actually an. Yeah. In, it actually started out as an internal solve because we had a designer making a deck for every single person. We we're yeah, like, "This is laborious. ridiculous. This should just yeah. be standardized mm -hmm. in web." No one wants a PDF. They want a web link. Like, you know, can you attach the PDF to the? And then they want to go and listen to it, and then they've got to go on. It's a dreadful experience. We're like, it just needs to be a web page. Mm -hmm. So we're that. That is wonky right now, but that's coming. And the second thing is that, and this is probably more important than everything I've just said, uh, I 
firmly believe what I'm about to tell you. Like, more than anything else that I've said. We're living through the middle of a global pandemic. We haven't yet seen the financial impact of what's happening. But if you look at history you can pr and you sense the market, you can pretty much tell that it's going to be 30 cents on the dollar in ad revenue in two years' time. Right? Like money and advertising is going to drop as the market, as the impact of the global pandemic really comes to roost. What that means is that the dollars that are left are going to go to the bigger shows because the bigger brands are going to be the ones with the bigger dollars. Yep. And the realities are that they're going to buy at scale through an exchange because they want to buy $100,000 worth of advertising in one go. And they're going to share that money with those biggest creators. That's just the crux of it, right? Yeah. So your only option then really, you've got two options. One is to find really specialist brands who are related to your niche, as we were talking about. But the other, which is what I believe, is... An opportunity, if you've got a growing podcast in a niche, you're doing okay, all the things that you've heard on this show, you're thinking, yeah, that resonates with me. I am feel pumped to go and I'm going to write that business plan. I'm excited. Think about monetizing your audience. I can't stress this enough. Uh, there will be this new breed of creator, creator uh, that will appear. So you'll have this big pool still of people making no money and you'll have this very small pool of the exclusive you know, high-end elite. Up, You're going to get this new pool of people yep. getting like two to 10,000 listens an episode, right? And they're going to make, they're going to become career, they're going to become the YouTuber of podcasting. So they're going to become podcast influencers and they're going to do it through monetization of their audience. So if you know anything about NFT, if you know anything about what's going on in that space with smart contracts and yeah. all that kind of thing, mm -hmm. and Apple any minute now are going to release, a, you know, paid for podcasting or whatever they do this is not about this is not about uh and i and there are some of the old guard who go down this road i'm not an advocate for um podcasting behind a paywall like a subscription model sure, i don't okay. think that's going to work either yep because this isn't netflix um and you it, it's not going to work that way Yep. And I don't commit to your podcast forever. I probably, as with anything, I just, it'll be in my life for a while until my interests move on. Mm -hmm. But what will work and what does work is what I said ages ago, which is how do you allow someone to be a fan? How can I take this past just a listening audio experience? Yes, it's going to be, it'll probably be audio first. But you know that stuff we said about who am I as a character? Well, people will start to love that character. And as they love that character, as with anything in life, they want to interact with that character more. And that's where the value comes from. This audience will pay a small, your audience will pay a small fee for interaction with you, opportunity, like opportunity to meet you. You only need to go and look at, you know, any other, in, like any other creator industry. Like think about your favorite music artist. Think about, you listen to their music, then you go to the live show, then you buy the T-shirt, you buy the album in physical form, they do a limited edition, you buy the one-off. Like It's exactly the same process. People want to show, and you're not monetizing, like, the way it's described is really bad, so monetizing your audience makes it sound like you're getting something from them, yeah. but really it's the other way around. It's an opportunity for them to show their gratitude to you for all that you have given them. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So, yeah. Right. You're not. You're. That's what they want. They want an outlet to show 
their appreciation and currently you're not giving them one. They want to be a fan. That's natural. Like it's not taking their money. That's a weird way of looking at it. So think about what you can do to let them be a fan. That in turn will generate you revenue. You won't need the sponsor and you'll have a totally self-sustaining show. Amazing. All right, if you're listening to this at the moment, there are options that you can do this in terms of memberships and things. There's, there's, there's Patreon. There's another one called Supercast where you can add that... Add that... Add that oh, gosh. Maybe I have dyslexia. I'm not sure. Um, access to, to you. You could have uh, group kind of calls every week, month, getting people on to talk about the topic that you talk about that you have some knowledge in and share that with others. Use it as a Q&A kind of thing. A bit of mentorship, coaching whatever it might be. Like if you are a coach, it, it stands to have that as a, a different way to access you at scale. If you have a group of people on a Zoom call really quickly for half an hour, an hour of your time to give that back, it's a very easy way of doing it. Would you agree with that kind of model? Uh, the principles of that kind of model, yeah. Okay. I would definitely. <laughs> I sure. don't think that... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not one for... Uh, I like a recurring revenue for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... Uh, I don't think podcasting is at the point yet where people are going to commit £5 a month. I don't think the technology is there or the draw is there, in my opinion, for me to be paying £5 a month to seven different creators to be part of their communities. I think one-off payments for stuff I'm up for. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Yeah. But I. But yet, you, all I'm... The principle is correct. Like, start doing stuff to serve... Serving your... Like, the idea of putting your listener first and giving them value can also be manifested in other ways like you don't it doesn't all have to be free it doesn't all have to be giving for like the gary vaynerchuk concept of give everything you know with no expectation of return it, i can promise you firsthand it works and no one does anything you fucking tell them to do anyway that's why i do it so much they just don't do it mm. um but yeah i mean the idea of also giving opportunities to access who you are or what you are or what you're thinking. Like, I don't know. I've only been doing this two years. I just guess. I just think about it. I just came up with... I'm just telling you my experience and people seem to find that interesting. So, like, that's it. But would I ask someone to pay me every month? It's got to be what works for you. Depends what's going on in the rest of your world. But I don't think it's unreasonable to say to people, here's an opportunity to get more, but it's going to cost you. And I bet you by bottom dollar they want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you can only ask. Can I we... think that's something like go on, yeah. go on, go on. No, I was just going to say. I think from where from where we are, that I think you could probably talk about monetization, possibly to the cows come home. I'm not too sure because it does. Oh, definitely, it, definitely, because it, it, it's such a difficult topic. Yeah. I will say, I just will add one thing, which is I agree with the Patreon supercast, whatever it's called, thing. Yep. In theory, but if you're going to do it, just go back to that business plan, understand what you're trying to achieve, why you're going to achieve it. Like if you start a Patreon and then you have committed to doing a weekly video and you've only got four people paying you six pounds, mm. you're gonna suddenly this isn't gonna make matters better. It's gonna make matters economies yeah. of scale make it difficult, right? More difficult. So yep. Yep. I would be committing to a one off live event, live podcast live event 
that any people from across the world can pay and it's whatever yeah like this isn't an nft show but if it was an nft show uh which if you don't non-fungible token which is like a new way of uh of like um creating digital value there's a really interesting idea where you you say look i'm going to do an online live and it's five pounds to watch the live show and I'm going to sell 100 of them, but I'm going to do within that 100, I'm going to do 90 at £5. And then I'm going to do 10 where you can buy, I'm going to do five that are £50 and you get to join me on a Zoom afterwards and interact with me at the end. In like, you know, and then the final five, it's 200 quid and we're all going to go to Soho House for a coffee. Nice. I don't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's a much, as a one off, that's mm-hmm. much less stressful and a much better way of building brand equity at scale, I reckon. Yeah. Until you get that consistency, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's hard. Yeah, of course. I'm learning that at the moment, doing a couple of workshops. <laughs> okay, I'm back here. It's just me, Frank. James is out of here. Um, you'll notice as well in this episode that, and even the next episode for that matter, I, I don't say all that much as James just delivered in this episode. And he will in the next episode. So this is a bit of a cliffhanger for you to tune in next week for episode 16 as part two will be out next week um, as we jump back into this conversation with even more podcast goodness. Seriously, it, it's it's one to come back for, i got to say. Where to find James? You can find him at onefineplay.com and I'll put that in the show notes as well as his uh, link for finding him on LinkedIn just as I did. Now, To round out this episode here, if you need help starting your podcast and getting to launch day, you can find more information about myself and Brand My Podcast at brandmypodcast.com. You can get in touch, have a chat, look at what you're looking to do here um, as a podcaster or a new podcaster. And look, if you're the type of person that likes to help others, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find this show, Brand My Podcast. Hope you have a good week ahead. I'll see you next week for part two of this episode with James Bishop and myself, of course. And look, I'll try and stay away from the uh, the bad dad jokes, but no promises. See you later.